I'm full of beans today. Oh, good. What kind of beans? Baked. Ah, I got a can of those waiting for me for dinner like a hobo. They're the only good beans. Baked? Yeah, there's no other good bean. Kidney? Piss off. Runner? No thanks. Baked? Yes, mum. I'll have a double helping. What do you mean I can't have a double helping? What do you mean I'm too fat? Shut up, mum. I want my beans. Sorry, I was having a bean flashback. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, It was the lost episode. One of the lost episodes now where you talked extensively about baked beans. I just remembered. Yeah. That you could bring that back. No one knows about that yet. Beans, beans, the musical fruit. There's no evidence that you toot more when you have them as far as I'm concerned. No. No, I think that's an old uh, wives' tale. But then... I toot every 2.5 seconds, so I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> I burp more if there's spices. Just in general? Yeah. Just You, you see, a, you see a, like, a little bottle of Uncle Ben's on the countertop, and then it's just, achoo! <laughs> oh, that would be sneezing. No, it's like uh, noxious belches, like something out of Boogerman. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I don't know why I said sneezing. You do burps, that's way funny. A burp, that's a noise like a burp. Should I sink us up? Yeah, sure. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, so get off this topic. It's beneath us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be talking about throwing our poo on the show today. Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. Did you know that technically there is no such thing as Super Mario? What? Mm-hmm. Technically. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with even the concept, so. Yeah, like, I, I, I found this out on a podcast. Wayne's Science Podcast Journal Monthly. Runs every two weeks. He's not a good scientist. Wayne? Wayne. Yeah. Dr. Wayne Science. Haven't you heard of his podcast? There's evidence to support that technically there's no such thing as Super Mario. So... Technically. Conrad has never heard of Super Mario, so he claims... This is all new to me. Jim, I of course love Super Mario and think about him just about every day. He's real. No! But this is something that the kids do, the Super Mario. Right, they get all hopped up on the Super Mario. No, I think I think it's one of those like Berenstein Bears, Bernie Sanders things, where some people remember Bernie Sanders, but it turned out he was the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> and so they think they've been doing Super Mario, but they've really been doing something else. He's so real. His last name is Mario. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are Super Mario video games and movies and the person called Super Mario. But technically, Super Mario doesn't exist. I don't... You mean it's not based on a real person? There was uh, Mario... I can't remember his last name. He was the, the landlord at some Nintendo building early on. There's still people who hate me because I got that story wrong once about eight years ago. They say, ugh. 
He don't know his history. Fire him, fire him. Doesn't know about the Landlord right. To be fair, though, at the time you were writing for the Landlord Gazette, a special interest magazine for landlords and landlord aficionados, and you should be up on your landlord history. It was, uh, it's in reference to the fact that I heard a rumor at a Nintendo event, a Mario launch party, that the two little toads, the yellow one was called Ala Gold and the blue one was called Buckenberry. Just internally at Nintendo, they nicknamed them, cute little nickname. That's wrong. That's what they told me. That's wrong. Every Toad character in the Super Mario Brothers games, right, even though technically they're not real, um, every single Toad that isn't the one that's called Toad, all of them are called Rachel Gould. <laughs> and if you've got a problem with that, you take it up with Wayne Science, because he said that on his podcast as well. Ra- Everyone pronounces it that I know they call Raz. Come here, Raz Al Ghul. If you're up on your Spider-Man lore, then you know it's pronounced Rachel Ghul. Oh, wow, we've really dovetailed. So Dovetail? Oh, woo <laughs> I got... I've been attacked. Jonathan! Yes. Why aren't you a landlord? Why are you not, like, providing low-income housing? I actually know some landlords who were not landlords. Why haven't you bought up half of Boston to become the property mogul JonathanOffRoadRules.com? I could afford it. People have said, geez, don't sit on that money you've got. Spend it on someone else's house that you wouldn't want to live in, but you wouldn't mind renting it to them. And then just pay your rent and collect their rent and then pay that mortgage. That sounds like a lot of effort. It's really complicated, yeah. That sounds like a lot of effort. The best thing about being a landlord is doing no work for lots of money. So I figured what you should do is get a monocle, pop a little monocle into your eye, um, buy a big curly moustache, wax it so it is nice and pointy and and curled up, Uh, top hat, obviously, red dressing gown and then just go into an apartment building start bashing on people's doors and when they open you go where's my rent and you've got a big sack with a dollar sign on it and you say put all of your rent in here young man or you'll be evicted i'll send the hounds after you and if they're like what hounds that's when you point at me and conrad and we've got barbershop hair glued to us, and we're sat on our haunches in the in the corridor, in the hallway of the apartment building. Just wide-eyed and staring. Just really just staring a hole through whoever opens the door. That mm, that's just a shakedown. That's a that's a robbery. That's it's a, a, a landlord. <laughs> it's because I don't I'm not the lord of that land. I'm just a man with a bag. You are, and you emphasize that. You, you wave a stick in their general direction, vaguely menacingly, and you go, I'm the lord of this land. <laughs> but I'm not. How do, it's more than, you know, there's deeds, there's leases, there's legal nomenclature. Give over your rent with all speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, Hand over your doubloons. <laughs> It's not. The idea of this is the longer the conversation goes on with the tenant, with your tenant, the more old-fashioned a landlord you become. At first, you just want simple dollars, but by the end of it, if they haven't paid up, they've got to try and cobble together some groats. 
I want 20 groats and a gold bit. <laughs> so, okay. If they don't do it, I will crawl over there on all fours and be sick on their shoes. <laughs> Admittedly, I will have eaten some of the barbershop hair beforehand. Just out of boredom. <laughs> so, I mean, you can only stand and stare at the man so long. Yeah, I get very bored sitting on my haunches like a dog and I will eat barbershop hair as a response. Can't help it. It's knee jerk. They will shut the door and attack. And that's that's when you kick it in. <laughs> but, but I know they're not going to be worried about the legal the legal side of this because they'll be panicking, thinking he's getting more and more old timey. By the end of it, he's going to be a medieval baron, and I can't have that. Forsooth, hail and hearty. <laughs> Where are the deeds? Where are the deeds? What is that in your hand? Oh, this, this flat, plain rectangle upon which lights and colours doth twinkle. Is that the cell phone? Is that the mobile phone? No, don't point it at me! You'll steal my soul! Burn them! Burn them for a witch! At some point, you'll get money if you do this enough times. Apartment buildings are big. There are a lot of doors to knock on. Laws of averages said... We will leave with some monies. And you will call them monies. Plural. That's one of my old pet peeves. Gerber. Moist towelette. Yummies. And monies. Those words really... They're, my, they're some of my bugaboos. If you say it. Place! Place some of your monies in my hands. Ugh. I want a purse of monies. Let me feel <laughs> your bulging financial sack. It's real. Every time you say it, it's like a wet handshake. It's a real, it's a, a whisper in the ear with a, with a wetness to it. It's real uncomfortable. Why aren't you famous, Jonathan? It's a long list. Lack of ambition. Lack of uh, pursuit. What if you were a teenage mutant ninja turtle? Ah, uh, so why aren't this is fucking annoying? That, that is now that you bring it up. This is annoying. This this is this has been a. a years-long problem of mine with you, Jonathan, is that you've got all of the tools to become a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and you have squandered your gift. Give me... Right. Give me, Jonathan, four good reasons why you aren't a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I want four good reasons. You're setting me up too easily. I'm not a teenager, I'm not a mutant, I'm not a ninja, and I'm not a turtle. That's nope. four. You're not green, but we can fix that. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take off all your clothes. We'll leave some white fronts on you. And then we're going to spend the next six to eight hours, Conrad and I, mm -hmm. smearing handfuls of grass all over you. Yeah, because you want it to, to look natural. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could, we could use paint. Uh, it's cheap. It's quick. It's relatively inexpensive. But is it authentic? Yes. It's paint. It's what the paintings are made out of. It's perfect. I don't agree with supporting big paint. I prefer a natural remedy. And the natural remedy to you not being a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is for me and Conrad to spend eight hours grassing you down. Homeopathic makeup. Like grass stains? Yep. It does stain the knees. I've skinned them a few times in the grass patches. Oh, it'll stain all of you if you give it enough time and effort. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Some elbow grease, some moist towelette, you're right there. I did paint myself with white latex paint once, like a skeleton, and played songs on the acoustic guitar 
at, a, at an old Irish bar in Boston. Conrad, have you um, have you got those work gloves? Yeah, I, I went and picked up a set. Yeah, we're gonna need those because the grass I got was from a nettle field. Mm. But it's fine. It's fine. Probability <laughs> suggests some of it's grass. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, I, I did paint myself with paint you're not supposed to paint yourself with, and I did. My skin did suffocate a bit. I turned red, and I. I started a fever. It was a bad. It was a bad choice I made. Well, exactly. That's why Uncle Doc Jim, the Uncle Doctor Jim, Uncle Doctor Jim, Uncle Doctor Jimothy Jiminy, with his old timey natural remedy paint substitute, nettle grass. Nettle grass. <laughs> no, that's not no. Homeopathic nettle grass body paint. Mmm. Mmm. Mm, no. Would you feel better about this knowing that as we're doing this, we're in your ear, Conrad in one ear, me in the other, and we're just going over the course of eight hours, just going, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When the evil shredder attacks, those turtle boys don't cut him no slack. Teenage Mutant Ninja Jonathan! Teenage Mutant Ninja Jonathan! Shove the nettles in his mouth! In the mouth? Yeah. Ouch. Ah. I figure if you eat the nettles while we're rubbing them on you. No. That'll no. acclimate you to the nettles' potent sting. I, why, act, <laughs> is that what you call it? When... Yeah, science suggests that if you ingest a bit, a bit of poison, your body will build up a tolerance to it. So if you eat just a bit of nettles, then nettles can't harm you anymore. You become nettle-proof. Aren't nettles just like thorns? Like uh, barbs that plants have on them to protect their berries and things? Like a rose? No, you're thinking of thorns. The thing you're thinking of that's a bit like thorns is thorns. Oh. Yeah, those are, those are thorns. Yeah. Nettles aren't spiky then? No, no, they're sort of a little, little hairs on the leaf and they break and a bicker poison comes out. So if you chew on the nettles, then you'll build up a tolerance to, to old doc... Uncle Doc Jimothy's old-timey homeopathic nettle body paint. Mm, I mean, I could just wear a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle suit, right? Like a spongy suit, like they did in the movies. Jonathan, if the evil Shredder attacked, would you cut him slack? Uh, probably. I mean, let's be honest here. About yeah, I would as well, actually. It's a lot of slack I cut. He goes through enough bullshit, is the thing. I don't really understand... His place in the world. He was uh, a ninja. He knew Orokusaki. Oh, he was Orokusaki, right? Um, I, can't, I mix up which one's him and which one's Splinter. Splinter was the rat one. <laughs> right, yeah. Splinter's the rat. True. But before that, they had a, a life beforehand. Like, uh, for Splinter, becoming a rat is a metaphor for his old age and becoming less human in the eyes of people because when you see an old man you're like that's not even a man that's just like some gross rat thing whereas for the turtles their mutation makes them more human they're teenagers they're becoming 
They're not just little babies rolling around anymore. Now it's like, hey, I can karate chop. I can ride a motorcycle. It's exciting for them, mutation. You see, yes, these are the things we want you to do. Yeah. Ride a, ride a motorcycle? Jonathan, why are you not the American badass motorcycler? <laughs> it's, the first, it's the first time you've asked me that. Uh, some Some women... In modern day, like I'm talking yesterday, we're on my case for not riding a motorcycle. So you're you're not alone on this. It's a fair point. It's really it's dumb. a very fair point. <laughs> we're doing this podcast right now, and you're not doing sick motorbike stunts. Like, why do you not have a throbbing hog between your thighs right now? I'm available. <laughs> That'd be great. You could ride around on my back in the middle of the street and yell at everyone, look at my throbbing hog, and I'll be going... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's better than a real motorcycle. Thanks. <laughs> I am better than a real motorcycle. You definitely are. You you wouldn't crash and kill me. I wouldn't need to wear a helmet if I was if you were a motorcycle to me. Oh yeah, no, no. I I think I think Jim would insist you didn't wear any sort of head covering so that everyone can see your lovely head. Oh yeah. I really think you should become Boston's head. <laughs> What does that mean? You do have a really magnificent cranium. Yeah. I don't know about that. I would like to have you sat on a sat on a swivelly chair with a camera on you just on your head and we slowly turn the chair around for hours, for like a day, for 24 hours. And it's it's broadcast to every television in Boston. We'll set up like a Times Square style monitor display <gasps> in the heart of Boston. Yes, in the middle of Boston Square. And it will just display your head spinning. Now, it's got to be live. Of course it's got to be live. Like, we couldn't just record this and run it on a loop. Like, we're going to need you in that chair the whole two-week stint. Like, like performance art? It's like some Guggenheim stuff that would go on in the Guggenheim Museum. It's just so people can look at it and say, if I ever wanted a head to represent this fair city, it'd be that one. That's the head for me. Why, why not? A, why, it's big. It's round. It's smooth. It's got pores for sweating, eyes for seeing, and a mouth to sass me back. <laughs> very, I'm very poor at sassing people back. As you as you know, but it's anyway uh, in the twenty fourth hour. As soon as it hits from the twenty third to the twenty fourth hour, the very next rotation that brings you face to face with the camera has you stare at the camera and say, "I am Boston's head. Pay tribute to me." What is with? It's a lot of me demanding people notice that I am worth something. It's very against my character. Well, what did you think being famous was? I, they, that is one way to do it, it's true. There's quite a bit of that. You're not entitled enough. You're not self-entitled enough. I think you should demand people be grateful to you for existing. <sighs> the irony is, if I were more self-entitled, I would say, don't tell me what to do. But instead, I just allow you to tell me what I, and then I don't do it. It's true. I, have that I would like you, Jonathan, to run a casino. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, definitely yes. Yeah, for sure. Is gambling legal in, in Boston? They just opened a giant casino called the Wynn 
because you can win there, but it's spelled like W Y N N, I think. So it's like that sounds like I could win there. That's what they're hoping you think. Uh, it's, just, it's subliminal, though. They didn't just spell the word win. Also, it's the guy's last name. Yeah, I know. Steve Wynn, who did uh, some crimes. And they. Continues to do some, I'm sure. I'm probably, yeah. But it's the largest collection of art in all of Massachusetts, the state, even more so than the museums. Slot machines are pretty, but they're not art. <laughs> They, they got actual they're trying to class it up is what I'm saying because there was a lot of you know it's it's Massachusetts it's a it's a college state it's a very intellectual brainy MIT Harvard U the list goes on so they're like ooh we don't want any sort of slummy bummy gambling hobos showing up we gotta make sure there's some classy artworks going on the whole time to make people think still got that Boston class well of course yeah but the thing is is you can have a classy casino, but that's not fun. <laughs> you want a sleazy casino. Well, they don't do those here. You want you want Jonathan's Crusty Slot. That's the name of your casino. Uh, Johnny Bonanza's Crusty Slot. Johnny Bonanza. Yeah, that's a strong. This almost sounds like an adventurer of some kind. Well, it's an adventure in money. Okay, making it. Yeah, you see. Here's here's the thing that we've sort of realized about casinos, and I'm really glad you just brought up the win that's mm. opening there because, you know, it's going to be a big, glamorous, showy thing. But that gives the wrong impression. That gives the impression that the casino is very successful. We're going to take the other tactic. Oh, yeah, we're going to host our casino in a shed. <laughs> People will go past this shed with some Christmas lights outside and think, it's clearly a casino, I see lights. But it can't be a very successful casino because it's in a shed and the shed stinks of shit. So they must pay out frequently. They've got to be running themselves into the ground with their generous crusty slot. So it's a shit shed with a slot in it and people put coin in the slot in order to win. Conrad's running the blackjack table. Mm? He'll be the legendary blackjack dealer, Artemis Boink. (laughs) So So there's cards being... How big is the shed? Like, can anyone fit in there? Do they have to? Is there a window? It's a big shed. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those you know industrial sheds. Like a warehouse, sort of. But it's in it's in. They called it the bee warehouse <laughs> because you had to be careful, and also it was full of bees. Well, was maybe isn't the right word. Yeah, it's well, it's not full of bees. Are there any bees in there? There are some bees. Nobody wants to go. Nobody they wants do to... want to go for the fun games, like the lobster race. Uh... We've made a paddock by sectioning off a bit of the ground with some string. We've got a bucket of live lobsters, Boston lobsters, homegrown, artificially inseminated, and we pour them onto the floor, <laughs> and then people bet money. But here's where we trick them, Jonathan. Here's where we get them. The lobsters? There's there's no finish line. It's it's just a vague square of string on the floor. By the time they've put their money down and start excitingly cheering for the lobsters, they won't have cottoned on that there's no finish line. There's no way these lobsters can win. They'll be cheering all night, the suckers. Cheering for... for... A pile <laughs> of lobsters on the floor just going, yes, yes, get them, old cutter. Old Cut is the favourite. You don't think they will say, uh, these lobsters 
are being abused may pinch me on my feet and it's not going anywhere. So I don't want to watch this. You don't think they're going to say, I'm going to instead go to the fancy new art filled win casino slash like resort location. No, they will say, they will say, it looks like this race is going to go on for a while. I better go check out that cool looking machine over there. That man shaped machine with a bald head who looks a bit like that person who was on road rules in 1998, but I can't be too sure because he's not wearing a baseball cap backwards. <sighs> and that's you, Jonathan, as the one-armed mandit. What? Uh... You're going to be stood in the middle of the barn, right, with your right arm outstretched. Be careful how you do that. <laughs> you don't want it to look wrong. What? How am I so... Is it just me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about the angle. You really don't want to go as far as 45 degrees. Try to keep it around 30. With my arm you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with your right arm. You're going to you're going to have your arm stuck out. You're going to have your arm stuck out and just so that people know that you're a a fun gambling machine, we'll have tied some bicycle lights to a string and that's draped around your neck so that you're all glamorous. I've painted 777 on your belly. You're naked. And then people can come up and pull pull your arm. Why am I naked? Why am I naked? Why where's the <laughs> Have advantage? you ever seen a slot machine wearing clothes? I mean, come now. Uh-huh. Uh? There's uh some characters in the video game Earthbound. They're um they're they're wearing sombreros if I remember correctly and they form a slot machine and they are not there's no genitals that are shown yeah, so yeah. They're, they're they're not I don't want to do the I don't want to be naked for that for this or for the, anything for that okay this, wait or that none of that no naked is it, now Jonathan yeah is it that you're worried that someone is going to see the Sheena Easton tattoo on your right butt cheek <laughs> that's going to be it I don't have it I like she, Sheena Easton but I look it's a very simple situation. <laughs> You're, you're Boston's first living slot machine, the one-armed mandit. People go up to you. They get down on their hands and knees in front of you. They take out $5. They, you're wearing one sock. It's a stereophonic sock. And they're going to fold up the $5 bill and just pop it in the lid of your sock. Just, just pop it in the rim of your sock like that. Then they get back up. They're encouraged to grab onto your strong, muscular legs and pull themselves back up. Uh, and then they... Grab your arm, pull it down. You roll your eyes in your head going. Win, win, win. And then you turn around and squeeze a lemon out your ass. (laughs) So uh, there's you just have this fundamental. Win, win, win. Turn around. We've we've shoved a couple lemons up your, up your, forgive my language, up your hiney. And you're going to. You're going to pay those out. So, okay. I mean, it's been years now. We've been, I've never spelled it out. I'm going to spell it out maybe for the first time. So there's this thing about like my body and orifices and things coming out of them, things going into them. You like it. No one else likes it. No one else wants my butthole around them or to be seen or for anything to go in it or out of it. Like if I just, if I go to a work-related meeting, a day job meeting, 
And I and everyone's saying like, well, according to these figures, we've got to bustle on the hustle and certify what's been certified. And then I'd say, you know, what about my anus? What about my butthole? Let's talk. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. It's what's what's hot. It's what's now. It's what's in. It's what's mm-hmm. coming. It's what's big. Yep. It's what's they, they. I fired number one. Mm. Fired two. Like maybe harassment charges. It, it's it's not that they just don't want to think about it. I can only imagine. They would sit back and say, tell us more about this butthole. <laughs> oh, no. They hate it. I defy you, Jonathan. <laughs> I defy you to find me someone who, if I were to go up to them, point at you and say, if you go over to that man and pull his arm, a lemon's going to come out of his asshole. I defy you to find me the person that doesn't try it. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So... People would fear you and really fear me. The, the amount of so there's this thing that happens where you're like, I know what's gonna warm their hearts. I know what's gonna like set their serotonin firing, their dopamine. They're just gonna be feeling so so filled with joy. It's when Jonathan's nude and there's stuff coming out of his some of his holes. It's uh, they feel the opposite. It like makes them feel like they're gonna get sick. It makes them feel like they're going to get hurt. Not if I'm dressed up as, as the Krusty Sluts famous mascot, Chuppa Chup Chicken. Chuppa Chup Kick. Chuppa Chup Chicken the Casino Cock. I'll, I'll be spending the entire night walking around that shed dressed up like a chicken, going. Chop a chop chicken the casino cock. Frustrated incorporated. Everyone's going to be delighted by the casino cock. I mean, this place has everything Vegas does. It's got gambling, it's got live entertainment. The only thing Vegas doesn't have that we have is your crusty slot. Uh-huh. And it's the loosest slot in town. But, mm, no one likes my slots. I do. I know. And it's, it's, it's called projective empathy. It's when you're like, oh, I love a thing. Other people also like it. You project who you are onto them and you well, think... here's the thing. It's still empathy. And I've been led to believe that's good. <laughs> Sort sort of. I mean, you're not seeing the people for who they are. You're seeing yourself in them. I only see myself in you. Uh, and no one else with that. You're just alone on that. I don't want you to be alone. No, I could also see him in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's two. It's two against the world. It's you two. And everyone else is just not. This is why I'm not famous. They don't want. They don't want that. And and I can't believe how mainstream. Just want to give us uh, some props real quick. Uh, there's a video game blog called uh, Kotaku, and they recently posted a essay, a, a sort of a, an article about someone creating a semen milking cafe in their Sims 4 game. And first of all, I was like sort of grossed out but then it hit me like this is this is a brand of essay it's what people want it's it's apparently it's my mainstream now you know i mean you're 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 on the tip (laughs) we've been we've been having conversations in that ballpark oh yes yes we have for going on eight years i think and all of a sudden kotaku the the had a lot of conversations around your ballpark (laughs) 
Kotaku is the the sparkling child of mainstream journalism. It's like almost normal, <laughs> almost. It's the baby of uh, Siskel and Ebert, sort of. Except it's video games. It's like normal town, and now they're milking men and selling their selling the man milk. Yeah, and and, and for a, a a comedy goof, and it was a fine article. Don't get me wrong. I think a woman named Kate Gray wrote it but i feel like she should be paying you uh some sort of royalty jim because this is uh, i mean i think most people should be paying me royalties i think the first time you talked about milking me in some way or another was like 2010 or 11 i mean it's been years of you figuring out how to squeeze something out of some hole of mine a running theme throughout this decade for me is trying to market your milk I've still got I've got less than a year to make it happen within this decade, but I do think before 2020 hits, I will have sold at least a pint of you. <laughs> it's not. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I would have never guessed that um, there's a guy who just calls himself Ninja. Speaking of ninjas, he's like, I am Ninja. I'm like, you don't look like a ninja. He's like, call me Ninja. And he's writing a book, I guess. A guy named Ninja is just writing a book. Because they think that's um, where the money's at these days. I think he plays uh, Fortnite professionally. But he's also going to be an author. He's going to be the next Stephen King or something. I mean, that's the general trajectory. I mean, that yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how Stephen King got his start. He was a Pac-Man champion. You play, you play a video game, then you write a book. That's how it's always been done. Do you think Interview with a Vampire just got pulled out of Anne Rice's ass? She was playing... Uh, what? No. She was modding Doom. That's where she got the idea. She put vampires in a Doom mod and then she wrote Interview with a Vampire. The rest, as they say, is a series of books. Michael Crichton, big Adventure Island guy. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Adventure Island. That's the one with uh, Master Higgins. Is that right? Riding a skateboard? Sure. Yeah, we don't know. So we've done it. You've done it. I'm done. I did it. Thank you for doing it. Well, I think you. We're, we're far from done with you. We're not. We're not done yet. We'll be done with you. We'll be done with you when you're finally on Carson. 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 You're D- gonna be on the Carson show on the Tucker Carlson show. <laughs> <laughs> he Tucker. So there's Johnny Carson. Yep. Then there's Carson Daly, and then there's Tucker Carlson. You're saying Carlson. Right, and they all have a show together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Carson, Carson Daly, and Tucker Carlson. Carson, Carson, and son. <laughs> that would be a true meeting of the minds. That would be... <laughs> it really would. Yeah. There'd be a, a guy just looking at the camera, mugging, being like, I wasn't aware he was doing that and then i didn't know he was that racist (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen a screenshot of tucker carlson's show where he doesn't look like a three-year-old who's seen a frog for the first time (laughs) (laughs) every time i see a screenshot or like a thumbnail because he comes up in my twitter a lot with people just like i'll check out what he said this time so they tweet him and then every time i see the thumbnail for the video and he looks like that just gormless confusion before when you were talking i don't know i don't know why i'm doing this i don't know why i'm oh man second guessing to the to the nth degree so my old uh, acquaintance jessica negri recently dressed up like sonic the hedgehog to uproarious applause so she can you can become 
a fictional character. When you're saying before, I've got to look at this. What is she doing? Who let her do that? She did it all on her own. She makes her own outfits. I think she got a little help with some aspect of it this time. How did she get a permit? There is a strict approval process for anyone who dresses up like Sonic the Hedgehog. It's the first time she's done it in all these years of cosplaying. I'm looking at a picture of it. Sonic the Hedgehog's ass doesn't look like that. <laughs> not, not in the way he's drawn in the official artwork for the most part. It's true. I think the the movie was going to be coming out sooner before they delayed it, but she started working on the costume a while ago. And for her, it really works because she doesn't get literal. She doesn't say, okay, I just want to look exactly like Sonic the Hedgehog. She's like, I'll take the hair. I'll take the silhouette, the things that make him look like he is without even having to think about the details. And then she changes the details up like around. Arrogant. Really? I Oh, I'm Jessica Negri. I know better. No, when we have you dressed up as Sonic the Hedgehog, Jonathan, we're going to go one-to-one accurate. Oh, I don't... You're going to be screen accurate. I was just saying before, like, you could make... It starts with a jar of blueberry jam, which Conrad and I will spend, I want to say, about six to eight hours applying. Yeah, give or take. Uh, yeah, roughly. Uh, we'll, we'll be applying the blueberry jam to your naked, nude body. With with tiny little paintbrushes like what you used to paint Warhammer figures. And we'll be painting you up in blueberry jam until you are blue, delicious, and spiky. Because you mentioned thorns earlier. We've been saving them for this. Nettles for turtles, thorns for Sonic. It's a classic combination. And they're going to stick to you because you're covered in blueberry jam. So when Conrad and I hurl thorns at you by the handful... They're going to be embed right in. And I know you're worried about one thing during this, and that is, will they spend the eight hours in my ears? Yes. And we will be going... It's a menace. It's menacing. It's real. Rolling around at the speed of sound. That was the Crush 40, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. A long history with them. So where where I was going with it is... You were going to go fast. That's... (laughs) I I, that Sonic the Hedgehog lifestyle. We've got got some red socks. I've I used to really enjoy the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've never been a huge fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. Great character design, don't get me wrong, but the games themselves just never really jived with me. You could dress me up like a turtle, but in a cool way, without just rubbing. I'm done with the turtles. It's all about Sonic now. Oh yeah, no, it's all Sonic now. I've got to be Sonic now. We need to join your eyes together because Sonic's got that big white eye with the two little eyes in it so i figured if we just like smear some mayonnaise between your eyes at the top of your nose just smush mayonnaise actually just fling some mayonnaise at your face but get a little black olive and pop that on the end of your nose just dig that into the mayo (laughs) so you've got sonic's lovely nose and then we push you out into the street on a very hot summer's day, covered in mayonnaise and blueberry jam. And an olive, and then I... And thorns. Yeah, and then you you walk into the middle of the road, and you do a forward roll. <laughs> you just you raise your arms up in the air and say, Look at me, I am Sonic. Got to go fast. And then you do a forward roll. 
using all of your gymnastic ability. At that point, I imagine all of the general public will have dropped what they're doing and will have given you the massivest round of applause that's ever been had in Boston. And I, I also suspect that all of the thorns that weren't already embedded directly in your flesh will have now completely penetrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, doing a couple forward rolls in the hot summer sun, by, by the end of it, we won't know where the Jonathan ends and the hedgehog begins. <laughs> I'll be wearing some red pajamas going, I hate that hedgehog! I'll put on a, a pair of orange overalls. Be, Look out, Sonic! <laughs> I mean, he's so far from my target demographic. I do have a demographic. I don't know if you knew this. The, the people who really love me and i hate to sound so conceited but i guess that's part of the path to fame the only people who really love me are women over like 58 it's a good demo <laughs> they all my tarmic demo which is ladies over 58 i have no idea who any of these characters are they think i look kind of like a baby but kind of like george clooney like a clooney baby crossbreed because i've got a square-ish jaw let's admit it but my my nose is total baby nose and like my lips are not like man lips at all they're like i would a... love to see george clooney in a romper suit <laughs> barring that we're gonna have you dressed up in a romper suit and just say you're george clooney i'll invite people off in off the street to come into this sh this shed it used to be a warehouse and then it was a casino for a bit back to the shed but now wow. it's where people can officially meet the George Clooney. So I'm, I'm, I'm just announcing. I'm not saying it's George Clooney as a baby or George Clooney impersonator, but also a baby. It's just I am George Clooney. Yep. Hi, it's me, George Clooney from films. But it's just me. Pleased yeah. to meet you. Ignore the bees. They're just interested in the blueberry jam. I still have the jam on my bod. On my You've body. got some of it on you. We, we'll have rinsed you down a bit. We'd have gone to Sonic, got some strawberry lemonade, and just hosed you down with it. Like a like a hose that when you when you press the handle, it just dribbles out. Well, we 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 will have thrown a full cup of <laughs> strawberry lemonade at you, and that should get some of it off. Yeah, I'll take care of most of it. That's only that's even that's even more bee bee friendly. Bees love the citrus fruits. Well, yeah, that way they know we're an ally. <laughs> So your goal is to ally with the bees. Yeah. And, and I've said before, I've said before on this very show that we should cede the planet Earth to the bees. They deserve it more than us. I'm very much on the bees side. You see how hard they work. Literally like bees. This is I can't argue with the fact that bees work like bees. I'll tell you who works hard. Who's that? Willem Dafoe. Oh, the actor? Oh, the one and the same. Not the dogfighter, that's someone else entirely. I really hope. That's the bad Willem Dafoe. <laughs> the good Willem Dafoe is a Hollywood performer. Do you think he could ever come back in the role of the Green Goblin? There's rumours that they're talking about doing a live-action Spider-Verse where the three modern-day Hollywood Spider-Men, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and holland what is his first name you know who i'm tom talking. tom that's it tom holland little tom holland all get together and all their villains potentially get together so we could have willem dafoe back we'd have the classic uh well now hold on 
What? Why have you not been included in this collection of Spider-Men? Why aren't you in the Spider-Verse? I'm completely devoid of any qualities that would make me worthy of that, is why. I'm not good enough in any of that. Do you want to know what my favorite Spider-Verse is? Yes. Can he swing on a web? That is a top quality joke, what I just did. Because it's a verse from the... Uh, the <laughs> it's very good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, do you have a Willem Dafoe movie pitch this time? I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I was just wondering. Why, yes, I've been working very, very hard, literally like a bee. I mean, yeah, I've been pollinating flowers in, in my own special way. Working like a bee in order to bring to you the manuscript for my hot new film. It's called Chicken Pool. Chicken Pool? Oh, yeah. Willem Dafoe plays keyboard... Wood. <laughs> keyboard Wood, owner of the world's first and premier Chicken Pool. It's me, Keyboard Wood. For ten years, I've been living the dream. The dream in every American's heart to own and maintain a swimming pool exclusively for chickens. Hard to believe. I'm sorry. This is Come with me, won't you? Doesn't matter. And look at my chicken pool. <laughs> I mean, I just, I identify so readily with that, that desire to have a chicken pool. He's the heart that beats in all of us. The camera zooms it, like towards Willem Dafoe goes through his legs and comes back up over the site of a majestic swimming pool full of chickens. <laughs> then then the end? Like what? He got it? No, 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 no. There's, there's drama as well. Oh. Because one day Willem Dafoe is just doing what he always does, which is he gets into the pool and lies on his back and just floats there, surrounded by chickens. And they're, like, crawling over him. They're swimming. They're clucking. They're laying eggs. There's feathers everywhere. He's floating around just going, Ah, so many wet chickens. So many happy wet chickens for me. When there's a knock at the door. There's a knock at the door. Who dares interrupt my chicken pool? They'll pay for this. Just a knock on the door is enough to <laughs> get him planning revenge immediately? I'm going to fuck up whoever's at the door. <laughs> Everyone knows that from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. it's chicken pool time. There's so many hours. Yes, got it. There aren't, there aren't enough hours in the day to swim with chickens. Just to be, there's water in the pool, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's just so many chickens that you can't see the water, but they they are, and they're not drowning. They're not just dying. Oh, probably. I mean, he, he has every night he has to go through with a net just to clean it up. Ugh. There's a lot of feathers. You can't tell if there's any actual chickens in with them. And feces too. The chickens will just poop. I'll get your mind out of the gutter. All right, I'm coming. Let me see what's going on here. I'm, I need to answer this quick so I can get back to living the dream. Opens the door. It's Charles Dance. Oh, the actor. From Game of Thrones and Alien 3. It's that keyboard, what? The one and the same. Living the dream. The chicken pool dream. Well, it's me. 
Mr. Bank Manager from the bank, and you owe us money. <laughs> oh no! I owe the bank money. Where am I gonna get this money from? <laughs> he says as he pulls his collar. Not my problem. Get the money by sundown, or your ass is mine! Classic evil banker. Sounds like a landlord. Yeah, gets on his skateboard and skates away doing sick tricks and stunts. That's the thing that's always bothered me about bankers, more than anything. It's not the way that they sort of manipulate the financial system to the detriment of all other people, but it's that they so naturally pick up sick skate tricks. Better than anyone. It's more of a jealousy thing then than a resentment, it sounds like. No, it's just not fair to anyone else because we all have to work for it, right? But if you're in the financial sector, you're given a skateboard. Tony Hawk was a hedge fund manager. It's true. So his name is his first name is Keyboard. Yeah, Keyboard. Not usual. No, no one. It's not usual to own a chicken pole. Only a scant few of us can live that dream, and Keyboard Wood is living it. Well, he might. Will I be able to keep living the dream if I owe the bank some money? I better check the paper, see if there are any opportunities for me, a humble chicken pole owner and operator. Goes through the paper. Hey, wait a minute. What's this? This could be the answer to all my problems. A tomato tournament today. What? Grand prize, some money. And he looks directly at the camera. It looks like I've got to win a tomato tournament to save my chicken pool. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Oh, for fuck's sake. What asshole is knocking at my door when I've got to train for a tomato tournament to win some money for the bank to save my chicken pool? Better go answer it. Opens the door. It's only Terry Hulk Hogan Belia. Wow. The wrestler? Well, let me tell you something, brother. I couldn't help but hear that you need to win a tomato tournament, brother. I'm going to train your ass. And then you're going to win that tomato tournament, brother. Uh, there's a training montage for the tournament set to uh, Blur's number two. Woohoo! Na 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 Woohoo! And Hulk Hogan is yelling. He's screaming in Willem Dafoe's ear while he's got a big plum tomato in his hand and he's lifting it like weights. And he's just, you live that tomato, brother. You live that tomato for your old pal, Hulk Hogan. Wait, 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 wait. He's lifting tomatoes or he's growing big tomatoes? Ah, What's a tomato? Ah, pumping sauce. I'm pumping sauce at the tomato gym. He's, he's dribbling, dribbling a tomato like a football, like a soccer ball. Scores the goal. Yes, brother. You kick that tomato into the goal, brother. That's how you win a tomato tournament, brother. <laughs> he's got a pile of tomatoes on a plate and he's just eating them. Ow, 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 tomato juice and seeds just dribbling down his mouth. And the camera like pans in slowly onto his face, just getting closer and closer as it shows his mouth. And it gets right up close to his mouth. Fruit. <laughs> Tasty fruit, oh, yum, tomato, fruit. nature's harvest, oh, yum, yum. 
And you see like, you know, like little bridges of spit in between his lips as he opens his mouth and just seeds all just pouring like sweet, fruity lava from his mouth. I love it. I love the way you eat those maters, brother. Wow. The montage is over and Hulk Hogan says, I've taught you everything I know, Mean Gene. Now go out there, brother, and win that tomato tournament, brother. I'm going to go out there and win that tomato tournament, brother. Oh, not so fast. Whoa. It's me, Brendan Fraser. And I've never lost a tomato tournament. I'll see you at the tomato tournament. Next scene, at the chicken pool. Willem Dafoe is lying in the, in the pool, surrounded by chickens, just going, ah, ah, I won! <laughs> Credits. <laughs> you don't even, you don't even see the tomato tournament? You don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's completely applied. Ooh, again, you, you do a time jump. You jump over the end of the movie and just cut you back. You're the one that I want. You are the one I want. <laughs> That's the credits music. You are the one that I want. You are the one I want. Wow. It fades out. There's sinister music. And it fades back up to the chicken pole. Wait a minute. Oh, no. Who pissed in the pool? Oh, wait a minute. You all did, you fucking chickens! You are the one that I want! You are the one I want! Wow! <laughs> and as, as Willem Dafoe looks at the camera and just starts munching on a big fat tomato, <laughs> splashing tomato juice at the camera, he's d- deliberately dribbling all the seeds and the juice out onto his chest as he lies in the pool languishing and he's waving his finger at the camera just going, Tasty tomato! And then, then it zooms out to the window outside the chicken pool as Hulk Hogan just roots through Willem Dafoe's trash, looks into the window, looks at the camera, winks and says, I think they're going to be all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were wondering. We were like, oh, yep. wow. Are they going to be those characters I've come to care for so much and just want, want to see their happy ending come to fruition? Are they going to be all right? I mean, the pool full of urine and chicken and... <laughs> well, Willem Dafoe's total lack of concern for whether we want what he's got is is never been higher, I think. He's just revoltingly dribbling juice out of his mouth during, sounds like, a good half of this movie. You paid me some money this time, keyboard word. But you won't pay me some money next time, probably. That's in there somewhere. Right. That's Well, that sounds like the real... Because I thought these post-credit sequences were going to be trying to build up to some sort of chicken pool cinematic universe. And you were going to have to lead into the sequel or to the, the spin-off about Hulk Hogan having his own problems with his own pool. But instead you were like using them to really conclude the movie, which is nice. But um... There's about 15 mid-credit scenes. <laughs> All of them concluding the movie in some way. Like, there's one of Brendan Fraser who's just sat on a chair saying, Well, I lost. <laughs> in, case, in case you weren't sure if that's yep. what happened. Jolo Troglio was the tomato commissioner, just 
looks at the camera and just shrugs. <laughs> he was surprisingly expensive for such a quick scene. Jolo Truglio. Oh, yeah. Is he, oh, is he one of the uh, insane clown posse? Yeah. Is that who he is? Yeah, Jolo Truglio's in the insane clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> Juggalo Truglio Jolo. Yeah, that's him, so- Juggalo Truglio. <laughs> It sort of relates. I mean, they could be the same person. You told me at the top of the hour that Super Mario wasn't real, even though... Ah, here's the thing. I said it's technically not real. And the thing is, if you say technically before anything, there's just enough seed of doubt. Well, I feel like it's real. The uh, Super Mario Maker 2 just came out. I haven't played it uh, yet, but I'm going to get it. I have. Is it any good? It's shit. It's like all the levels were made by amateurs or something. <laughs> wow, that's the, the, harsh. That's nah, all right. It's all right. That's good. So uh, it's real then. You just told me it's real. Wait, what? Super Mario's real. You played him. You played his new ah, game. Ah, <laughs> no! You've discovered the way to beat me and now I've lost all my powers! No! No, I'm being dragged back to hell. Oh, that's the Rumpelstiltskin story, isn't it? If you if you get Rumpelstiltskin to admit Super Mario's real, he gets dragged back to hell. Yeah, it's a children's story. I'm sure that's the plot of one of these modern fucking horror movies. I think it's a plot of Bye Bye Man. That sounds right. Uh, I'm very sweaty from doing a Hulk Hogan impression. No kidding. That was Herculean. The amount of energy you have to expel. You have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't half Hogan. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. It doesn't work. (laughs) Let me tell you something, brother. It's it's very impressive. I I was impressed the whole time. When me and the Metro Man run wild on you. To be any 80s wrestler, you have to hurt yourself to talk. (laughs) That's true. Now they just save that for the ring. Yep. And the lack of health insurance. Yeah. Do you feel more famous, Jonathan? Yeah, moderately. I feel feel good. I really appreciate it. Good call. Good, Good successful business call today. Yes. Feel a little bit more famous. A little bit. A little bit. I like it. You were a turtle. You were a hedgehog. Willem Dafoe won a tomato tournament. Saved his chicken pole. I feel like everything's just come together for us. Yeah. We did it. We're done. Frustrated Haunting. I'm done with this. <laughs> Bye. 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 Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. That's how these podcasts should always end. Just get fucking bored and stop it. <laughs>